the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, sometimes we get angry at people who are spiritually blind. We get, Why can't you see this? I put the dots next to each other. Why can't you connect the dots? We need to remind ourselves that they are spiritually blind. They are spiritually dead, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And we need to treat them like somebody who's blind. You don't get angry at somebody who's blind who cannot see. Welcome to the Monday edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. He's in the book of John, the 10th chapter. We're continuing to uh, weave our way through the book of John, one verse at a time. That's the uh, title of the broadcast, Verse by Verse. Pastor Leighton is the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. I'm Mike Trout, and I consider this, at least for me, a time of uh, daily devotion. If you'd like to join with us financially, you can contribute to this ministry by going to the website studyversebyverse.com. We'd love to know that you're out there. That's studyversebyverse.com. The lesson to us is you cannot argue anyone into the kingdom of God. If someone wants to reject Jesus, I don't care how good you debate. I don't care how strong your points are. They will dismiss any evidence, any logic, anything that would disturb their conclusion. We need to pray that God opens their spiritual eyes and brings spiritual life where there's only spiritual death and spiritual light where there's only spiritual darkness. The Apostle Paul said, A natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. An appraisal establishes value. They are spiritually valued. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. And so physical sight was not the only thing that the Lord was planning to bless this undeserving beggar with, he wanted to give something even more precious and more amazing, and that is spiritual sight. Throughout the scripture, blindness is used metaphorically to describe a fallen mankind's inability to comprehend divine truth. Isaiah referred to the people who are blind even though they have eyes. Jeremiah described the foolish and senseless people who have eyes but do not see. Isaiah also portrayed the corrupt spiritual leaders of Israel as watchmen who are blind, all of whom know nothing. And the only cure for spiritual blindness is saving faith in Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the messianic prophecies, the the Savior, the promised Savior that God would send. And he fulfilled those prophecies. The people who walk in darkness, said Isaiah, will see a great light, and those who live in a dark land, the light will shine upon them. Out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. In Isaiah 49, 6, God has said of the Messiah, I will also make you a light of the nation so that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. And Jesus applied these 
prophecies of the Messiah, the Savior, concerning to himself. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I have come as light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. You notice it was when Jesus heard that they put him out of the synagogue, synagogue that Jesus went to find him, that Jesus took the initiative. You remember at the beginning of the chapter, it was Jesus who took the initiative. And that's the point, that if God does not take the initiative in our salvation and, and our relationship, then no sinner could be saved because the sinners, sinners do not have the capacity to initiate salvation in any fashion. Romans 3 says, There is none righteous, not even one. There's none who understand. There's none who seek for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There's none who does good. There's not even one. Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last day. And then he told his disciples, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So salvation depends upon God taking the initiative because of his sovereign grace and love towards us. So after Jesus found him, he asked the man, do you believe in the Son of Man? Now the title Son of Man is a, a title that refers to the Messiah, the Savior that God would send, and it's found in Daniel chapter 7. And evidently, even though the man, this is the first time the man had seen Jesus, the last time he was with Jesus, he didn't see, he recognized Jesus' voice. And he answered, Who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? He already knew that Jesus was sent from God. He was a prophet. And he believed and trusted that, he would, that Jesus would guide him to the, to the point in whom he was to place his faith as the Son of Man. And Jesus said, you have both seen him, and he is the one talking with you. And unhesitating, the man said, Lord, Lord, I believe. He recognized Jesus as Lord. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Jesus Christ incarnate, God incarnate, Lord. And he worshiped him. Only God is worshiped. And this is the only place in this gospel where anyone is said to worship Jesus. This was the climax of the process that began at the beginning. He first recognized and called Jesus a man, then a prophet and one sent from God, and now Lord. Jesus said, For judgment I came into the world that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him, some of the Pharisees near him, boy, they must have just been hanging out all the time trying to. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. So the Apostle John concludes this story with two of his favorite thoughts. He said, for judgment I came into this world. Now, at first that may seem to contradict what Jesus said in John 3, 17. That God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. But to reject Jesus' 
peace is to receive his punishment. To reject his grace is to receive his justice. To reject his mercy is to receive his wrath. To reject his love is to receive his anger. To reject his forgiveness is to receive his judgment. And those who reject Jesus condemn themselves. Whenever a person is confronted with Jesus, they pass judgment upon themselves. If they don't see in Jesus something to desire, something to admire, something to love, that's not a judgment of Jesus. That's a judgment upon themselves. The person who is conscious of their own blindness and longs to see, that's the person whose eyes can be opened. The person who thinks that they know it all, somebody who's not teachable. Only the person who realizes their weakness can be made strong. Only the person who realizes their blindness can learn to see. Only the person who realizes their sin can be forgiven. The second theme is that the more knowledge a person has, the more they are responsible for that knowledge. Had the Pharisees been brought up in ignorance, then, but they hadn't. And they claimed that they saw. And so they were held responsible for what they claimed to see, which was not the truth. Jesus said, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. The account of Jesus' healing of the blind man in this chapter beautifully illustrates the salvation process. Blinded by sin, sinners have no capacity to recognize the Savior or to find him on their own. The blind man would not have been healed unless Jesus had sought him out and revealed himself to him. And so it is with salvation. If God doesn't reach out to sinners, no one can be saved. And just as the blind man was healed only when he obeyed Jesus, who commanded him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, so likewise sinners are only saved when they humbly and obediently embrace Jesus as Lord. The story opens with the mention of a man born blind, and throughout that chapter and that process of events, uh, that man develops in his faith and understanding of who Jesus is under the pressures of interrogation. But the story also shows the increasing blindness of the Pharisees. At first, they're willing to acknowledge that a miracle has been performed, although they didn't want to give glory to Jesus. And then they even expressed in the second interrogation the doubt that he'd been born blind. That's why they called his parents. We refused to believe there must be something wrong here. And finally, when they could not overcome the evidence, they threw the evidence out. They threw the man out. They silenced the man. Now, in both cases, people chose a path. And their path either led towards Jesus or led away from Jesus. So my question to you today would be, which path are you on? Which path are you on? Are you on a path leading towards Jesus or a path leading away? Some people would say, well, I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of drifting right now. Uh, status quo. I'm satisfied with how things are. Well, let me suggest to you that if you are drifting 
you are inevitably drifting away from Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't come so that we could get religion, but rather so we could have a relationship with God. And every relationship requires intentionality to grow. We have to devote time, energy, effort, attention to grow a relationship. And if we are not investing in our relationship with the Heavenly Father, we are drifting away in that relationship. And Pastor Layton will pick up there on tomorrow's edition of Study Verse by Verse at this same time here on this station. Pastor Layton Sheely is the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. Details about their service times and, of course, directions to the campus and all of the ministries available through the church are there on that website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, so glad to be with you each day, Monday through Friday, with this brief outreach, and we would appreciate it if you would let us know that you listen. You can share that fact when you go to the website, highlands.us, or our ministry website, where you can listen to past broadcasts, at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Have a great rest of your day, and join us tomorrow for a continuation of our study in the book of John as Pastor Layton opens the Word of God and we study verse by verse.